Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights, and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host. Welcome to Expert Opinion. Today's guest is Mark Rutherford, Senior Vice President of Human Resources for First American Financial. Mark, welcome to Expert Opinion. Thanks, Ryan. We're happy to be here. Well, first off, congrats on being listed in the top 100 companies uh, to work for by Fortune Magazine. Uh, very, very impressive company. Organizations like Google, Boston Consulting Group, American Express. So, um, fantastic uh, results to a lot of work. Um, just a couple of thoughts before we begin. Um, pretty compelling stats for those that actually are able to get on the list. I know last year's publication touted the fact that the public companies that made the list outperformed the S&P nearly two to one. So clearly some great financial benefits of being on the list. And then on, a, on another note, the, uh, the conference board just released their annual CEO survey and the number one priority for CEOs in 2016 is attracting and retaining talent. So I'm sure these uh, these thoughts are near and dear to your heart. But let's let's uh, shift and talk more about First American. And uh, just as a little background, First American's a public company over 125 years old. And uh, and Mark, how many employees are part of the organization, and and how many locations do you have? I think, um, I don't think, I actually know. You'd hope I'd know that. Uh, 18,000 employees worldwide, 11,000 uh, employees uh, domestically, and I know just here in the U.S. we've probably got 700-plus uh, uh, brick-and-mortar offices that are out helping folks um, um, do what we like to say, um, uh, be a part of the American dream, and uh, either buy or refinance their home. Let's begin with how do you pursue going about uh, getting on this list? Well, one of the things, and this may sound a, almost a little silly, it's kind of like uh, if, if you decide you want to lose weight, I think the first thing you've got to do is decide you want to do it. And uh, in our case, we decided we wanted to do it, or I'll say sort of tongue-in-cheek, our uh, our uh, CEO threw it out to us as a challenge. But, uh, but we started to get ready for it uh, kind of a couple years uh, uh, before that. We were interested in um, learning what our employees uh, thought about uh, working here. Uh, we started a process uh, where we had um, or implemented uh, employee engagement surveys. Then we sort of took a step forward and started to uh, compete in regional best places to work, all which had a survey uh, component. But um, along that way, we kind of uh, learned a little bit. We won a few regional best places to work competitions. We, we lost a couple. In each case, we got a little bit uh, a little bit smarter, and then um, we got to a point where we really just kind of wanted to raise the bar, and we thought trying to compete for something on a national level was the way to do it. Fantastic. Well, I know it takes a lot of work to uh, fill out the submission, and maybe you can talk a little bit about that journey and um, the process that you went about going to uh, trying to go for this award. Well, there's really two parts, and I'm sure some of your uh, listeners have either participated, uh, gotten lucky enough to uh, uh, to pull this off, or maybe just uh, are interested in how this happened. But there's really two parts of it. Uh, two-thirds of the competition um, each year is based on a sample of your employee population. So it's, it's an employee survey. And 
uh, you do that employee uh, uh, survey, and then another part of it, is, or one-third of it, is actually called the cultural audit. And that part of it's really your company's opportunity to tell your story. And it is a um, it is a lot of work. Um, the company that runs the um, the process for uh, a Fortune magazine wants lots and lots of data. Uh, we submitted I think 300 pages of just data about um, everything from the demographics of our workforce to actually our financial performance. Then we submitted um, the culture audit. We've competed uh, two years. This was our second year, and we got on the list uh, uh, the second year that we tried. 135 page. A cultural audit, which gives uh, you a chance to sort of tell your company story, to talk about your benefits, your values, uh, the involvement you have in your community, uh, recognition programs, a little bit about your history, and to put all those things in in context. So uh, it's a, a big effort. Um, we've had um, a group of people working either full or part-time on this for uh, a, a couple of years because we just thought it was that important. Fantastic. So what's the most difficult part of the submission process? Um, I think probably the most difficult part of of the process is trying to figure out really how to tell your story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's it's easy to tell uh, kind of what your company is in numbers and certainly in how your company performed against uh, expectations you set to the street, and certainly we do that – on earnings releases, um, you know, every quarter, like every company, every uh, public company does. But figuring out what your story is, uh, talking to enough employees, um, having been committed to a process where you've listened to your employees, made uh, changes based on what your employees have told you they want um, or desire in a workplace, and then uh, making corrections and, and, and communicating those corrections to your employees. Very, very important to listen and actually uh, realize change. So what have you learned about the organization by going through this, or what uh, what has come out of this process? We figured out what was, uh, what was important. Uh, we figured out what our employee population uh, looked like. And one of the things that's really uh, probably uh, the most interesting is I think we figured out it was important to stay true to who you were, um, we're in uh, in the housing market, and the housing market's very cyclical, and uh, that cyclicality has uh, has an impact on our workforce. Sometimes we, um, we we didn't try to hide that. We're a almost 130 year old uh, a company, fairly fairly conservative, and we're in a space where we have uh, uh, people's uh, and protect people's information. I think we we want to be. Uh, we, we want to uh, be and appear and, uh, and, and be a conservative company, um, much, much like a bank. And I think we, uh, we learned just to tell our story and to be true to who we were and to not get caught up in, you know, what I'll, what I'll call, uh, what I'll call, what I'll call perk wars. Uh, you're not going to come into a first American uh, office anywhere around the U.S. or to our home office, uh, uh here in Southern California. And, uh, and find foosball stables. You're not going to trip over a dog walking in, uh, into the office. That's cool for some folks, not cool for us. Um, so I think the biggest thing we learned was to be, um, uh, true to who we were. And, uh, in front of being true to who we were, just to have the, um, the structure or the infrastructure in place to be sure you've got a good mechanism to listen to what your employees are telling you and to be able to communicate back to them, um, 
the changes that you've made or the changes you haven't made and why, and, um, and have that feedback process back and forth. Very well said, Mark. I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to really live your own culture. Uh, there's no way you can compete with a Google out there and try to um, emulate them. They are who they are, and you have to be able to be true to your own brand uh, as well as your own internal culture. And that culture starts at the top, like you mentioned. Uh, your leadership team was behind this this overall process, and they really set the tone for the culture of an organization. So can you share a little bit more about um, uh, your CEO's perspective on uh, the view of employees and and, uh, and how the whole ecosystem works? Well, um, you know, two things. I mentioned uh, before um, how decentralized we were, were and the fact that we had 700 offices um, around, uh, around the U.S. that our business was fairly cyclical. And First American tends to be a little bit more bottom-up than top-down. So I think one of the things that made it challenging to tell our story and to make sure that we had the communications path uh, with all of our employees was we are just so, so decentralized. We've got offices uh, uh, in the U.S. that have two people, ten people, uh, 50 people, and making sure you're connecting with those offices um, is uh, is an important part of what we try and uh, try and do each day. That said, there are times when you need to roll out something on a national level or you want to really run a thread through every single one of your employees and to be able to compete for something. And um, competing for the Fortune 100 was certainly something that was, was us kind of raising the bar. We're very proud of our culture. We think our culture is uh, uh, different than those folks that uh, uh, compete with us, and we really wanted to be able to uh, – to, to leverage that culture and to, and to share it with other folks. Um, Dennis um, Gilmore, who is our CEO, actually announced the Fortune um, that we were going to compete for the Fortune 100 in an all-hands meeting that we typically have each quarter. He did that, I'm going to say, right at the beginning of uh, uh, 2014. We'd, uh, we'd talked about it. I think um, one of my colleagues and I uh, sort of turned and uh, looked at each other and said, I guess we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And Dennis started to communicate it with uh, with his leadership team and knew we had kind of learned our way there by the progress we'd made on um, the employee engagement survey, that we'd gathered data from the employee engagement survey and done something about it, by the um, good fortune we had in com- competing with um, – competing um, for the best places to work on a regional level and ended up in uh, celebrations where uh, folks from First American and our customers were all in the same room. And it was just that it was time to, it was time to uh, uh, take it up, and we were excited to compete and just, uh, to be quite honest, just uh, uh, you know, tickled to death to be, uh, to be a part of the list this year. Well, it sounds like the, the process of competing itself brought people closer together and um, I know that part of the process and part of the effort was to understand, document, and then celebrate your corporate culture. And there are significant benefits when you do that. In fact, I just ran across a stat from Harvard Business Review that's saying that an effective culture can account for 20 to 30 percent of the differential in corporate performance when compared with culturally unremarkable competitors. 
So I don't think the average person realizes the impact that culture can have on an organization and the financial performance going forward. With that in mind, is there anything that uh, you learned throughout the process that uh, you will change and or, um, I guess, continue to celebrate the culture and or uh, find ways to increase communication uh, of, of the internal organization and its culture? Well, one of the things um, is we, we thought we had a pretty good thing going here, and uh, this, this will sound, um, you know, maybe a little bit silly to folks listening, uh, li- listening to this, but um, First American really is a, a great place to work, and I think part of the reason that we've started to have a more thoughtful process about um, implementing our employee engagement survey on a national level, the reason we started to complete uh, compete in a uh, regional best places to work, and, uh, you know, ultimately the reason we decided to compete for the Fortune 100 was we really believed this was a great place to work. kind of wanted to check and see if, if, if we were right or not. And I think the one thing that uh, that the competing uh, both in the regional best places to work and competing on Fortune allows you to do is to really benchmark yourself against other great companies out there and uh, um, and and to sort of celebrate uh, the culture you've got and the investment you've made in uh, the culture. And you know this as well as I do, Ryan. Um, this this is not easy stuff. And um, I think the the larger um, a company is, uh, the more um, a global reach it has, uh, the the, um, the more sort of business challenges it has. And I mentioned us being in a, a very distributed and very cyclical business. I think it's tough to not sort of sell out your culture and and to keep it feeling like it's a, a place that folks want to want to work. And um, you know, we can maybe talk about this a little bit, but the the whole process or reality of competing for talent, uh, it, it's a real thing. And we want people to want to work here, and it's important enough to us to make the investment that we've made in making sure that we're listening to our employees and making sure that we're competing with and comparing ourselves to other great companies out in the workplace. Well, that goes back to that CEO survey. The number one priority is attracting and retaining the top talent. We've been working in this area for many, many years, and we do a lot of employee surveys. And what we find is that the number one thing people are looking for is clarity on where is this organization going, what's the vision, and how am I going to fit in. The second most requested component is more communication. And you can never offer too much communication. So are there any initiatives that um, on, the, on these notes that have uh, kind of come out of the process that that you are either contemplating or initiating in regards to internal branding or employee communications? Well, one, and maybe not the uh, the right place to mention it, but I think anytime you go down this path, it's important to uh, uh, put together a great uh, team of people to help you get there. Certainly we did that um, with our uh, HR organization inside uh, First American. We've got a good um, internal communications uh, department that assisted us, and then um, um, the good folks at the branding business certainly came in, and it gave us uh, lots of great advice and really joined the team to allow us to both have a good internal and external perspective on what we needed to do to be able to uh, communicate um, and to um, set the bar for our employees and to let them know where we're pointed and to continue to let them know where we were at in that uh, in that process uh, to get there. 
But uh, two things I'll mention. Um, one is I think that um, in addition to uh, your comments around um, around um, what people look for in a company, I think people today, and, and maybe this is a little bit more uh, in the millennial demographic, really want to work at a company that has a purpose beyond just making money. Making, making money is important. But um, we put a lot of effort, and, and we heard that from our employees, into a program we call Caring for Our Community. And um, we make sure that, um, and that we not only do things that are good for, um, for the communities in which we do business, but that we've focused where we want to, uh, where we want to uh, 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 spend our dollars and volunteer our employees uh, uh, a time and that we're not shy about um, letting the, west, the rest of our um, employee the rest of our workforce know what we're doing, where we're doing it, and uh, and the impact that uh, and the impact that we're having. The other thing that I think is um, important and may resonate with uh, uh, some of the folks that are are listing are uh, this whole idea of developing an employee brand. Um, we really wanted uh, to look at how, in our case, HR in particular, touched an employee from recruitment to retirement, and we looked across that. Uh, Spectrum and in the life cycle of an employee, we were touching uh, folks, uh, you know, a, a hundred or better times, and everything that we did looked a little bit different. And we wanted people to know that uh, when they saw a particular look and feel or a brand of something that was coming from HR that impacted uh, their life here as an employee, that uh, that that it, that it all looked the same. So we've started an initiative to be able to do that. Um, We've talked about how important um, our first American uh, em- employees are, and we've branded that internal initiative uh, with some uh, with some help from you guys um, as people first. Well, perfect. Tell me more about people first. I think a lot of it tied to making sure that um, we're clear about um, our employees uh, knowing uh, where we're pointed and about knowing what it is that we're uh, and they're doing to support uh, to support their brand. Well, perfect. It works hand in hand with First American, and uh, I'll repeat something you said as well in terms of communication, and that is uh, this idea of consistency and clarity, because that really does have a huge impact. People want to be communicated with, but they also want to be communicated to them very very clearly, and that's what stands out and breaks breaks apart from all the clutter out there. Any final advice that you might want to be able to give companies who are who are considering uh, going after this uh, this listing? Uh, Fortune 100 best places to work. Well, uh, one of the things I'll say is, and I, and I'll say this a little bit uh, a tongue in cheek. I I believe going through the whole process is really really valuable, and, and it's a lot more than just about uh, about getting on the list. Although getting on the list is, um, is is certainly something we thought about and dreamed about, and I'd much rather be on the list than not on the list, but uh, it's uh, it, it's really about making sure you understand who you are, what you want your workplace to be, uh, and then I think, um, and I mentioned it uh, earlier, uh, it's about not being somebody that you're not. It's not about uh, perk wars. It's not about trying to be cool if you're not really that cool. Um, it's really about staying true to your culture investing in the resources uh, to make it happen. It's not easy to get on the list, 
And I mentioned that we had a number of people working for, uh, you know, a couple of years uh, on this, although I think the benefits of talking to your employees, um, um, reaching out to local offices, understanding what's important, uh, getting people to offer uh, uh, testimonials to back up what it is you're trying to accomplish on um, trying to accomplish at the company, and really staying focused on the fact that um, if you're in business, who your culture is, what brand you have, what people think about you when they hear hear First American, how you're treated from the moment you come into the company to the moment you decide uh, uh, to leave, um, you know, all that's very, very important. And it's something that uh, when we started this quest, we talked about it every day, we dreamed about it, and um, we're tickled to death to be on the list, but it doesn't happen, uh, quite honestly, without having a great culture to begin with and putting people first. Well, it sounds like the entire organization has benefited greatly from this process. You've been able to uncover uh, people's perceptions of the organization, uh, better understanding of uh, how people perceive the, the culture. You're able to then uh, celebrate the culture, increase the communications, and uh, really create even uh, probably additional pride within the organization as well. So, um, as you just said, getting the list is fantastic, but the process and the results far outweigh the, the benefit of just making the list and getting another plaque on the wall. Are there any other things that you're contemplating in HR or any other uh, areas of uh, process or improvement that you're evaluating for the future? No, I think we're at the um, very beginning of uh, of starting to let um, the company know that we're um, we're on the list. I think we're going to enjoy uh, 2016 celebrating uh, not only being on the list but celebrating why we uh, why we got there. We think it's going to be a, a real competitive advantage for us um, in the marketplace to be able to uh, to share that both inside and outside the company. To your point, I think our uh, a workforce uh, will be very proud that we're on that list. It'll give um, our folks in uh, our uh, talent acquisition something to talk about. It'll get our, give our business leaders something to talk about, and it will uh, it, it will reinforce everything that uh, that that all of us believe that this is a um, this is a great place to work. If we've got great people and uh, those great people do a great job of taking care of our customers, that ultimately. Um, the, uh, the the benefits that we all will see are um, are, are, are are great financial performance. Going back to your comments around the support that your CEO has provided, I, I've heard Dennis speak and I've heard him say that uh, to this point that uh, first, if we begin with by focusing on the employees and if we create happy employees who love their job and fulfill the uh, the company's mission, they'll actually create happy customers, and the happy customers create happy shareholders and. Uh, Everything works out in a nice, cohesive environment if that occurs. So I, I love hearing the CEO speak to and, and place the employees at the priority. So well done from the top down. Culture begins there. And uh, is then as you're celebrating the culture, the great culture that First American has, uh, congratulations again to making the list. You just won the Super Bowl, so uh, we're mm-hmm. going to take a little time off. We're almost out of time. Is there anything else that I haven't asked that you'd like our listeners to know? I, I can't think of it, Ryan, other than um, it's one of those things where it doesn't happen without just a, a laser beam focus with people dreaming about wanting to uh, uh, achieve it, uh, actually having something uh, actually having something that's true that you want to tell folks about, and then having a, a, a great team uh, to get you there. And uh, our entire company has been behind our, uh, 
our quest, if that's a, if that's a good word to use, uh, to get on the list. We've benefited from it. We've got a, just a strong group of people inside of our HR organization that have, uh, uh, put this all together, a marketing communications team that was, uh, was a part of it. And, um, and it was just, uh, terrific to have the branding business on our team from the very beginning that we did it to help us and be a part of our, uh, our, our journey along the way. So we're, uh, we're, Happy to be on the list, and um, and we're ready to go at it again next year. Mark, thank you for your great insights, and uh, thank you for being a guest on Expert Opinion. If our listeners uh, have any questions of you, how would they best reach you? Could, would you mind sharing your email address? Yeah, they can reach me at uh, First American at M.A. Rutherford at FirstAm.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That concludes our show today. This is Ryan Rikas, and you've been listening to another edition of Expert Opinion, a brand new business forum where thought leaders share their point of view. If you'd like to listen to past shows or read our blog series, visit brandybusiness.com.